0: All right, we are in the Gospel of John, chapter 17. We're now on verse 24. And as I told you that I have come to believe that this chapter 17, the final discourse of Jesus, the real Lord's Prayer, as you see Jesus praying to his Father uh, on our behalf, uh, is possibly the greatest chapter in the Bible. Uh, uh, And so many issues that relate to us and to our lives are covered in this chapter. And now in this verse, verse 24, we are now going to see Jesus praying that we will be with him. We will be with him in heaven. And so uh, we're going to see here that it is the express will of the Father uh, as brought to bear by the prayer of Jesus Christ that you will be guaranteed to be with Jesus one day in heaven. How about an amen for that? Uh, And what this means is, it means that the death of a Christian is entirely different from the death of any other person. Because anybody who is not a Christian comes to to the end of life and it's a wall. But for you, it's a door. All right, It's a door to the greatest expectation in life that you could ever have. And, And this is because of Jesus' sacrifice and because of his expressed prayer and because of the express will of God. All of this is contained in this verse, verse 24. So follow along with me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you have loved me before the creation of the world. An amazing amount of facts in there. Notice, by the way, that Jesus speaks in the present tense. Uh, to be with me where I am. Even as he was walking in this world, he had already effectively transferred his his mindset to where he was going to be, which is with the Father. He had that kind of confidence and understanding as that's where he was going. That's where he came from, and that's where he was going. And now he's asking in a profound prayer that we be allowed to go with him, that we be with him, and that when, we, when we're there, We will see him in his glory. Um, And all of this uh, was given to Jesus even before the creation of the world. Isn't that an amazing statement? Even before this world was created, even before the universe was created, all of this had come to bear by the Godhead, by the the Trinity, by God the Father, uh, and the Son being part of that along with the Holy Spirit. And so it's an amazing insight into what God has planned for you. If you have any doubts at all about heaven and where you're going to be, and if you have any fear about death, today we're going to put an end to all of that. All right? We're going to put an end to all of that. When you leave here today, you're going to have an assurance about heaven. You're going to have assurance that Jesus prayed for you to be there, that God has expressly willed that you be there, Uh, And and that death is nothing more than the opening of the greatest door that you will ever see as you go into the next most incredible experience of your life, to be with God and Jesus and your family members in eternity with a a newly created body. And so Jesus is praying in this verse that, that where he is, that we will be with him as well. Um, and the, the answer to this prayer is evident in the death of every single Christian. And I've told you this, that I go to hospitals a lot to visit people, and as you walk those hallways and look in those rooms, even as you walk into rooms, you'll, you'll be in a room with a Christian who's dying and someone that's not a Christian, and you will see a profound difference. You will see a darkness and a gloom and a despairing attitude in those kind of rooms. And yet when you walk into... the the bed of a christian you will be given a sermon you will be lifted up i'm telling you you will be lifted up i can't tell you how many times people in this class who have been dying when i've walked in and prayed for them that they lifted me up and they their their lives were a sermon to me as i saw the impact of jesus christ in those lives how death was no longer a fear but really the next opportunity and so the death of a christian is not a tragedy but a triumph, but a triumph. Uh, and this is declared in many places in Scripture. Uh, and let's take a look at some of those. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to look at a number of verses today that you can keep and read, and I think will encourage you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse uh, 6. Therefore, we are always confident. And know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. How about that? There's somebody that was so sold out to Jesus that he would have preferred at that moment to be with Christ rather than being tied down in this world. And that's what happens when you really give yourself over to the Lord. Your vision suddenly isn't the 50 feet in front of you in this world, but miles and miles ahead uh, in eternity. And so you, you see this incredible vision. Look also uh, in First uh, Philippians chapter one, Philippians chapter one. Verse 21. Again, this is Paul. "For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain." so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. And so there it is. Again, this is the mindset of a Christian. To to die is gain, not a loss. To, To die is to be with Jesus. But if, in fact, God wants you to tarry, he has called you to be here, there's one reason he's called you to be here, and that is to work on his behalf, to be his hands and his feet. And so as I always say to people who have been given Uh, I'll call it a get-out-of-jail card, their life has been extended, all right? Their life has been extended, that there's a reason your life has been extended. God is using you for a purpose, and there are people in this room I know, without pointing out, they know their lives have been extended. And I tell them that the reason for that is God has a purpose yet in their life. There are things to do, there are miles to walk. And that applies to all of us as as we understand this. Uh, And so you you get this clear understanding, Jesus praying to the Father, Lord, bring them, let them be with me, the Father in his express will, confirming it, the death of every Christian, confirming it, the scripture written by Paul and others, confirming it, yes, do not be afraid of death, it's just the next door to the greatest venture in your life, something that you would never, ever, ever have an understanding about. Uh, and it'll be something so special that, that you, you, will, you will be astounded. Uh, and God will have a plan for you. You will be uh, busy in heaven. You will not be playing a harp and floating on a cloud. <laughs> Let me assure you that, you're not going to be goofing around. You're not going to be playing golf all day. Well, that would be <laughs> hell. That actually would be hell. Uh, <laughs> well, for some of us it would be hell. But the point point is, I'll tell you this story, one day Alex uh, uh, told me that he had a dream that uh, he and I were in heaven together uh, and that we had adjoining rooms, adjoining rooms, and the other guy on the other side of me was Ed Smith, do you remember Ed Smith? Ed could be a rascally character. All right? I mean, it could be a rascally character. And of course, have Ed on one side and Alex on the other, who has never taken a breath to stop talking. (laughs) And he said, wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be a wonderful way to to live in eternity. And I looked at him and I went like this, Uh, Jesus, can I talk to you about changing my room? (laughs) So you see, heaven has different perspectives, (laughs) all right? But let me assure you that from whatever perspective you have, God is going to give you the most incredible, incredible uh, experience. It will be something astonishing. And that's why I want you to leave here today and not be afraid of dying, all right? Not be afraid of dying to recognize that God is with you. Jesus prayed for you. Jesus prayed that you could be there. God has expressed his will for you. And it's confirmed in the death of every single Christian. That's what's going to happen. I want you to look at Romans chapter 8. This class should be required for every single Christian uh, because there are so many people who who have accepted Jesus but still have this great fear. Uh, And it's because really they haven't been been, uh, taught appropriately. Romans chapter 8, look at verse uh, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, For I am convinced that neither death, underline it, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the congregation said, You got that right. You got that right. Nothing, nothing, not death, not life, no power, no demon, nothing will ever separate you from the love of Christ, from the love of God. Uh, And so that's the point of all this, that even at that very moment when you're ready to lose the shackles of this life and embrace uh, your new life and to get that new body, even at that very moment when your room, your hospital room, is filled with angels, as it is, where you will see people, you'll begin to see people from the, from, that have passed ahead that are Christians, and I believe that God sends them even uh, to welcome us. I've, I've seen this, I've been in the room where I've seen that kind of thing. All of that is to welcome you into the next stage of your life, the life that will last forever. Uh, and so to me, it's so, it's so comforting. Um, and so uh, Jesus is declaring that it is his will In this verse, it is his will that all who have been given to him by the Father be with him in glory after both his and their passage through life. It is the will of Jesus. He says it here, and it is the express will of the Father that confirms that through Jesus. And all of this is a foundational principle of what we are as Christians that took place before the very creation of this world. How do you like that? All right? Before the world was created, all these principles were put into, into place. All of it, to me, it, it just blows my mind. It blows my mind. And, and what it means really to be a Christian, it means that that's why when we read the scripture, people say to me, I, take, I read, and then I go back, I read again, and I see something new. Uh, or I listen to a, to a lesson, and then I, I listen to it again, and I learn something new. All of this is God pouring it into your heart so that you be prepared. God wants you to be prepared. He doesn't want you to be fearful. He doesn't want you to be afraid to die. He wants you to understand that that's the next part of being a Christian, to be with him, and he's got jobs for you to do. He has responsibilities for you to do when we get over there. This is the training ground right here. And so he's looking at us. He's watching us, seeing what we do with the gifts that he gave us as he creates us and molds us and perfects us and sands us down. All of this is to prepare us for the next stage. Uh, And so this is the last great petition, really, uh, to the Father that Jesus will make before the crucifixion. The last great petition. Uh, The last thing that he asks is that we might be with him where he is. He's thinking about us even at that, that greatest, most difficult moment in his life. Um, and so you see that in this verse, that Jesus is already thinking of where he's going to be because he speaks of it in the present tense. Uh, and, and by the way, if you turn to John 17 and look at verse 11, you see the same thing. I will remain in the world no longer, but but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be as one as we are one. And so you see the same expression of Jesus. Lord, pray for them, be with them, protect them, Father, while they're here until they join us and and be with us together in glory. Now, we know that this is confirmed that Jesus is in heaven and that we will be in heaven with him. This is confirmed not only through the statements of Jesus, but also the statements of others. Turn to Acts 1. 11. And this is at the ascension. The disciples are there as Jesus is now being caught up and brought to heaven. Finally, as he is being brought up from the world, verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men, dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, Will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. How do you like that sight? There we are. We're all gathered. We're saying goodbye to Jesus, and now he's going, and he's he's just he's going up into the sky. He's going up into the sky. It's like watching a balloon go up in the sky. Can you imagine? You sit there and you're all you're ga- gape mouth. It's a gape as you watch this, and he's going up and going up. And I'm sure no all you hear is oh. Oh, uh, people are saying this, and all of a sudden, two guys dressed in white speak out to you. What are you doing? What's the matter with you? Don't you know he's coming back? He's coming back, Uh, and that is our assurance. He's coming back. He will be back, but he's in heaven now, uh, preparing a place for us. Look also at Acts chapter 7. Look at verse 55, one of the great uh, stories in the Bible about Stephen, a glorious man. Uh, who was stoned to death by the Sanhedrin uh, for no other crime other than the fact that he worshiped Jesus uh, and said that Jesus was the Son of God. Uh, And so look at verse 54. When they heard this, that was the Sanhedrin, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Can you imagine what that had to be like? As they're sitting there waiting and ready to kill him, he looks up after he's given this greatest sermon, one of the greatest sermons in the Bible in which he ties the Jewish history together in every way about how they've stoned the prophets and refused to listen to God, and he indicted and convicted them. And now as he's done this, knowing that the Messiah had come, God's own son, and he looks up into heaven, and he sees the glory of God and the Son of God in his glory standing at the right hand of God. What a vision that must have been. All right, Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be able to have those kinds of visions and expressions and thoughts and confidence. It is the Holy Spirit in your life that gives you that. The more you read the Bible, the more you study the Bible, the more you pray to God, the more you are continually refilled with His Spirit, the greater confidence you will have that that is where your destination is. Do not be afraid. Be filled with expectation. Know how to serve God in everything that you do, and you will have the absolute guarantee that you will be with Jesus. And if your family were were Christians and devoted as well, you have the guarantee that you will see them and be with them again. How about an amen? Amen. All right, let's let's understand that. That's what this is about. Uh, And so the thing about this text that we just noticed is that Jesus is now in heaven in the presence of God the Father. Where I am, you will be. How about that? Where I am, you will be. This is the major point of the verse that we're studying. It is, it is Jesus' desire that we join him there, when we will be there after we fulfill our responsibilities in this life. Now, there are people who have had experiences in heaven. There are people that have had that. Uh, one of the people that has written about that is Paul, the apostle. The apostle, turn to second. Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 1. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. All right, yes, this is Second Corinthians, chapter 12. Uh, I know a man in Christ, and he's, he's now speaking about himself, although he's doing it in the third person. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things that a man is not it to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. And so here's the point. Here is the point. That he was caught up into heaven. He didn't know whether it was with his physical body or whether it was out of his physical body. That was not the important part. But he saw inexpressible things. Things that were so incredible, he couldn't even put his tongue to describe it. Human language was incapable of describing it. And yet he had that experience. And I believe that God gave him that experience because this is a man who would suffer probably more than any other man for the gospel of Christ. He would be constantly in prison and constantly beat uh, in in, in the most lonely kind of places. Uh, And yet God used him to write two-thirds of the New Testament. And I told you that if you come across the five greatest people in the history of Western civilization, this man's name must be among those five. That's how great his accomplishments were and how great God used him. Uh, And so these are the very facts that have to give comfort to the Christian who is dying in every way. The, 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 our faith is confirmed several ways to us. Let's understand this. Your faith is confirmed. How is it confirmed? It's confirmed first, objectively, by Christ's resurrection from the dead and his ascension bodily into heaven. All right? Second, it is confirmed by the applications of these truths to our minds and our consciences through the Holy Spirit. There it is, and then most importantly, it is this that gives comfort uh, as we contemplate our passage from this life into eternity, and Jesus is praying for you right now. He's praying for you, Lord, bring them where I am. Let them see me. Let them be a participant in what's going on here, and so we know through the promise of Jesus, through the promise of Scripture, that we will be with Jesus, and we will be like him as well. Take a look at 1 John, the epistle of John, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. We shall be like him. What an incredible promise that is. Like him. What does that mean? It means we shall be like him in respect to his character. For on that day... All the sin and ignorance and pride that characterizes our physical life here will be gone. That day, that we'll be called to be with Him, we will be like Jesus in holiness, in knowledge, in wisdom, in truth, in mercy. We will be like Him. Uh, we will also be like Him in the in the sense of His body, because at some point we will be given a glorified body. You understand? A glorified body. A body that will be, uh, in some ways, similar to the physical body that you had here, but will be glorified. A body that, was, that can pass through walls. A body that can rise up. A body that will be like Jesus' body. And, and, and so, in, in that respect as well. And so, you, you will be part of the resurrection in that sense always. Uh, and so, uh, understanding about the excitement of being with Jesus in heaven is so incredible. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Beginning with verse 15. I'm going to read about 7 or 8 verses right into uh, chapter 15, but the 5 rather. But the reason I'm doing this is I want you to get the sense and expectation about heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving, to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Underline that. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. How about that? There's, uh, so many of us are, are seeing our bodies wasting away and eroding, and yet inwardly, as God is, is allowing that to take place inwardly, our inward man is being lifted up and, and strengthened. For our light and momentary troubles, underline that too. For our light and momentary troubles. How can you say my, my troubles are momentary when I got this, de- this diagnosis that's terminal? Yes, it's terminal in light of the fact that maybe you're going to reach 100, which you know you're not, all right? And that's why, when you think about it that way, I look at something that I'm experienced for 80 or 90 years and I contrast it to something that's eternity. What do you think this is? All right? How's this scale? You like that? All right? That's an inside joke. Uh, And so that's why we call it momentary and light, because God sees eternity. What you're experiencing for three, four, five years, yes, while painful, but is only for a moment as God prepares you for the rest of eternity. So, uh, uh, looking this, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. The very pain that you're going through, the very suffering, is creating in you a mindset and an expectation of, a reality of of eternity. That's part of God's plan. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now look at the next chapter, chapter 5. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found uh, naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Amen. Amen? Okay, how's that for a picture of a man who understood exactly where he was going, and what it was to live here in this world. Yes, there's pain. Yes, there's suffering. Yes, there's difficult times. But all of that is within the wisdom of God as he's preparing you for the next stage as this mortal coil that you have is wearing out. Yes, it's wearing out. Let me break it to you. It's wearing out. But God has purposed it to wear out because he's got a body for you that will last for eternity. All right? And that is why all of this I'm doing to prove to you, to prove to you that Jesus is expecting you there. He's waiting for you there. It was, it was created and principled as a foundational principle in our religion from before this world was created. And so there it is. He's praying. God is expressing his will, confirming it, and you can take it all to the bank, and so it's such an incredible understanding when you see this, uh, and, and and look uh, another chapter. Look at chapter six in Second Corinthians, uh, verse five, as he talks about enduring uh, the trials. Um, we put. Let's look at verse three. Paul's hardship. We put uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, in riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, in hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere Love, how's that? All right, does that sound like a little tougher life than maybe you've had? I know it's a lot tougher life than I've had, all right? And yet you can see what happens when you're sold out to Christ, when you, when you fully understand it uh, in every way. Look also, continuing to pr- chapter 11, verse 24. So here it is. When you're having a bad day, put this up on your refrigerator. You think it's rough, funky? You think you've had a tough day? Things are rough. You've heard some bad news. How's this for the guy who will write two-thirds of the New Testament? Verse 24. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in dangers from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, a danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false... Le- Brothers, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and I have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches who is weak, and I do not feel weak, who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn. Oh, my Lord Jesus. You want an example how to live a life uh, consistent with God's will? That's That's the example right there. Look at all the things that he suffered. And yet, in spite of all that suffering, his vision was on Christ. His vision was on heaven. His vision was to do the will of God in everything that he did. And so here's the point. Here is the point of this lesson. If I've just proven to you that you're going there, that you're going to be with him, that he wants you there, it is the confirmed will of God from before this world was created, that that's where you're headed, then why don't we live like him now? Amen? Amen. Live like him now. Prepare to be with him now. Live that kind of life that the world will see, that the world will know that you will have that peace that will be with you even at the most dark moments, as you see it there with Paul, that yet he never lost his vision, understanding where God wanted him to be, where he knew he would be. And I know you will be also. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father, for the words that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for the peace to know that that death will have no sting for us. Yes, we know, Father, it won't be easy. We know that there is suffering, but we know that as this world closes, a door will open. You have confirmed it through us, through Jesus Christ. You have confirmed it to us in multiple scriptures, Lord. And now we feel that confirmation through the Holy Spirit. I pray that our our whole family here will have that continuing, resonating confirmation in their hearts. Be with them this week. Protect them and bring them back safely next week to continue the study of your word. We put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I bless you.